Welcome to the I Hope They Hear This podcast. And today I hope that people who have an opinion about Liam Neeson hear this. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Um, Before I get into today's topic, I do have to point out um, that I'd made a revision in my last episode, the one about Christianity, because in my nutshell version of the gospel, I forgot to mention the most important part, which is that Jesus resurrected. So I I did make an an addendum, I guess. I, I inserted in that clip the last week's episode. So if you listen to it like on Saturday, it probably wasn't in there. Um, so just just wanted to get that out there and let you guys know that that I I went back and changed that. So oh yeah, anyways, getting to the the topic for today's episode, um, we are talking about Liam Neeson. And if you don't know who Liam Neeson is, he is the actor who plays the ex CIA dad in Taken, who's always finding his loved ones who get who keep getting taken um and the controversy that he finds himself in is a few weeks ago maybe a few months ago he had a interview where he talked about um a friend of his who was raped and the only identifier that she could give him um because the fact was she didn't know who the rapist was but um, she like tried describing what he looked like, and one of one of the things that Liam Neeson got was the fact that he was black. And he admitted that he went out like for five nights in places where he knew a lot of black people were to see if he could provoke one of these black people to be aggressive toward him, so that he would have an excuse to like lash out and. Um, be violent toward that person and he again admits after five days of doing this he like looked at himself and said wow why like why am I doing this and he had a moment of self-reflection to and, and he himself was surprised that he would display such a violent thought and he would go so far as to you know, go out and try to take action. And because of this, obviously, the black, black community um, was a huge outcry. And I think Liam Neeson, like a few of his like talk show appearances were canceled. And um, he had to like come out on other media outlets to apologize. And even I, I recently saw Terry Crews. Um, he's an African-American gentleman. He's a big buff guy in uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. But he had a he had he faced some backlash because he somewhat defended Liam Neeson. Not not defended him, but more along the lines of, hey, guys, maybe like we shouldn't be so critical because here's a guy like admitting he did this and saying that he's not he's no longer like this like it he he wanted to take the redemptive reformed angle um of the story so uh, when when he did that people were like the black community 
I think, felt betrayed by one of their own who would defend the actions or seemingly defend the actions of someone um, who appeared racist. And so, yeah, that that is kind of what's going on with Liam Neeson right now. And I wanted to talk to people who both are defensive of Liam Neeson and who are also are, are, are other people who are offended by Liam Neeson. And I am going to try to be as objective as I can today. I am not white. I am not black. I am Asian. So a lot of times I feel like um, I can be a little objective in in the race conversation. Because I, I almost feel like um, as a race, Asians are kind of written off in mainstream media. Like almost like we don't exist. Um, so I think... Yeah, I I think I can be objective or I'm going to try to be as objective as I can. And that is why I want to address both people who are offended and who are not. Um, Because, yeah, I I think there's something that both sides can learn from this incident and situation. And I think the obvious uh, audience to address first is the people who are offended because... Once again, the mainstream media makes it seem like most people were offended by this uh, Liam Neeson story. So I'll address them first. And the the challenge I want to give this group of people is to think about what redemption and reformation looks like in society today. Like, are we... Do we celebrate it? Do we... Think about it as something that's not realistic. Um, do we not accept it? Do we accept it? Um, because this is a, a a theme that I'm seeing in, I guess, in Hollywood. Because the first thing I thought about when I heard about Liam Neeson and like his shows, show appearances getting canceled and stuff like that, the first thing I thought about was uh, James Gunn, the director of... Uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. He was obviously... I mean, he did a great job, so he was going to direct the third one. And I think I even heard rumors that um, Kevin Feige, kind of the head guy overseeing all of the MCU, was going to give James Gunn the reins for MCU Cosmic. So like the space focused superheroes of the MCU like like Captain Marvel um Guardians of the Galaxy I, I think eventually they were thinking about bringing in Nova and all that but um for that part of the MCU he might have like there was rumors that Kevin Feige was going to give him the reins on that and that would have been a big deal but um he's been cut out of the MCU entirely. He was fired from directing Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And it was because some of the tweets that he had tweeted years ago had resurfaced. And I read some of them, and I grant you that they were terrible tweets. He did say some very nasty things. And it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a good look. But he was a self-admitted... Um, provocator 
and he wasn't like he didn't really agree with what he was saying. It was almost like satire that he was uh, tweeting these things in. But despite all that, uh, and the fact that he was many years removed from having tweeted those things, I think they were tweets that were deleted. Actually, no, I don't think maybe he didn't delete them. But anyways, they were from many years ago, and he came out saying, I don't, like, this isn't who I am anymore. I don't tweet things like this just to, like, provoke people or, or cause outrage to p- make people think and, and all that, right? But Marvel, uh, Disney, was very quick to fire him and get rid of him because they didn't want to face backlash, right? And even when that happened, I was, I, that was, like, when I first started thinking about it, actually, um, about what place uh, redemption and reformation has in, in America today. Like, do we as a society want to see people who are like bad or evil people get better and um, reform themselves? Or do we just want to see them get killed or their lives ruined forever? Because... I think that's the question. That's the question that we all have to ask ourselves. Do we genuinely want to see people who made mistakes do better and become better people? Or is one or two mistakes enough to condemn them to a lifetime of, you know, just being judged and having to deal with the the backlash of their actions. And I I actually have a personal investment in convincing the world that redemption and reformation is is a good and positive thing and a possible thing. Um, Because I am a product of all the reformative moments in my life where I held a erroneous or um, false perspective or like viewpoint and through experience and just conversations and and education i i was able to reconstruct that viewpoint into one that is truer and not not false right and one example of this um, comes from my early years when I was six and my family moved from Korea to L.A. Well, we actually moved to kind of the suburban uh, town called Torrance. That's kind of in the metro Los Angeles area. So we weren't in the city, but like we we were telling people that, yeah, we're going to L.A. And a lot of Koreans at the time in Korea knew about what was called the uh, L.A. riots or the Rodney King riots. And if you don't know what that is, very quick, it's a, a gentleman, a black gentleman named Rodney King was uh, beaten up by a bunch of uh, LAPD police officers. And the African American community was outraged So, and it triggered these riots. And the reason why Koreans in Korea knew about this is because a lot of Korean American businesses were destroyed and like decimated as a result of these riots. So the narrative that I was fed in Korea 
about to move to LA was that hey, you're Korean and like black people over there don't like you. So you have to watch out. Like they they went around destroying like all these uh Korean American businesses. So and it's because you're Korean people like those like African American people won't like you. And so I went to LA kind of with this thought that whenever I am around, you know, African American people, I need to you know like put up a guard or I have to you know defend myself or or whatever right like I would have to be ready to fight if necessary but what one of the first like things I remember during recess I think it was literally on my first day in of kindergarten like we were outside playing for recess and like this little black kid came up to me and was like young." And that that means hi in Korean. And I was like shocked. I was like, what the, like, how do you know Korean, first of all? And this, he, this kid was probably the first black person I've ever met in my life. Because Korea is a very homogenous society and country. I don't know if this statistic is still true, but it's something crazy like 99% of the population is of Korean descent. Like they're race-wise or Korean. So this is my first time seeing a, a African American person, and like they know my language and they're like being friendly to me. So this is contrary to like everything I I had like falsely constructed in my mind, right? And so that was a, a formative, redemptive moment for me, where through this experience, I said, "Oh, okay." Like, not all African-American people hate Koreans, right? Like, that type of generalization is a false generalization and, and a bad one. And, like, that's just one example that I can remember from, like, the earliest parts of my life. But there's plenty of others, right? Like, for the longest time, I despised, like, Japan as a country because of what happened um, in Korea when Japan had called, like, took over basically colonized korea and like i i if you don't know like some of the atrocities that like nazis did to the jewish people are akin to what the japanese imperialists i think they're called did to korea at the time and like stories about like the comfort woman and all that kind of stuff um so like i i had i held a grudge against um, like the Japanese culture for the longest time. And again, I I never, like a lot of like older people in Korea, especially like my people, my grandparents age, like they still think this way and they like lived through it. So I, I don't know if I can really blame them. It's It's obviously bad to blame people that had no involvement in the atrocities. It's, it's obviously bad to help hold these people responsible for them um but but anyways like i for a long time thought that way about japanese people but like i again came to it wasn't any one experience but i just kind of came to the conclusion that man like i am holding a grudge about something that i personally wasn't a part of and it has nothing to do with like the Japanese American people that I see every day. Oh, cause, Oh, I live in Atlanta now. 
there aren't I don't I don't see a big Japanese American culture in Atlanta, but in LA it's, it's they're huge, right? There's a lot of Japanese people there, and so like I just kind of as as I grew up like realized that it's not right to kind of hold that against them in the same way that like a Jewish person now wouldn't just randomly hate all German people like that they meet, right? That's that's not. Well, I, I do want to say this. is It's kind of different because Germany, they have apologized for like a lot of what Nazis did. And, you know, they do, they don't ignore that part of history. I've been told that Japan is not as progressive on that front. I don't know personally because I've never been to Japan. So I don't know. But it's from what I see on the news and stuff, like um, they don't accept they don't acknowledge that like some of those comfort women things happened and things like that so i don't know but anyways that's i digress so yeah in my life i i've shown that like changing one's mind and and reforming from a previously erroneous or bad perspective is possible so like why can't we extend that kind of um room to grow i guess for people like Liam neeson like sure what what he did is is bad the thoughts that he had were bad him generalizing and targeting someone that wasn't responsible for um the atrocity that happened to his friend that's bad but he recognized that and he said okay this is terrible and i need to stop doing this so yeah again it's really just for the people who were offended by uh, the Liam Neeson controversy, I want you to think about that. I want you to really just think about reformation and redemption. And if you want to celebrate reformation or all we want to do is condemn people. And for the people on the other side of the fence, the people who completely agreed with everything I was saying in this last, last section, um, my challenge to you is to think about and appreciate the history of the black community in America. And one side, I, I keep going back and forth from using African American and black because I, I just I really just don't know what the politically correct term to use now nowadays is because I, I know black wasn't sensitive at one point, but but now African American is like a non-inclusive word because not all black people are from Africa and not all black people living in America are actually American. Um, so I don't know what the term is. I'm going to just keep continuing going back and forth. If you do know, and if you are offended by one of the terms I'm using, please email me and let me know because I want this, this to be a reformative moment, right? But uh, going back, um, the history that african-americans have in america is not a pretty one right there's there's been a lot of persecution of black people for no reason or unjustified reasons right and and the one that comes to my mind because uh i learned about it on dave Chappelle's netflix comedy special is a story of emmett till and if you don't know about emmett till basically as dave explained it, it's a story of a black kid from Chicago moving, not moving, but visiting 
his family in Mississippi, and he, apparently he purportedly um, whistled at a white lady, and there were white men who didn't like that. So later that night, they broke into his family's house, dragged the kid out, and like beat him to death, basically, and left him on a in a creek to like just his and, and left his body, his dead body, in a creek somewhere, and. Um, the reason why you mentioned it is because it was a very, it was a turning point during the civil rights movement because uh, Emmett Till's mother decided to leave his casket open during his funeral to expose to the world the terribly bruised and bloated face um, of her son as a result of hatred and racism. And apparently that was kind of like the fuel that really got the the civil rights movement, the juice that it needed or whatever. And the the lady who accused Emmett Till of whistling at her on her deathbed admitted that he never did that. So, like, we don't know the reason why he got killed. It's probably because, like, the level of persecution that Black people faced in Chicago was completely different from the persecution level in, in Mississippi. Right. So I don't know, maybe he did something like simple as like looking at someone in the wrong way or something crazy like that. Right. That, you know, like, Oh, this, this Chicago kid, like he doesn't know his place. Let's teach him a lessons. And that's, that's, that's the reason why he got killed. It might be, I don't know. I mean, this is all speculation, but it might be something crazy and unprovoked as that, that got Emmett, Till killed. So if you think about that, I guess that history and kind of the daily realities of, of black people and, and, and the and the things that they go through because purely because of the color of their skin, I think we can appreciate a little bit of of the outcry and, and the controversy surrounding uh, Liam Neeson's story. And even though Liam Neeson himself said that if it were any other race, like any anyone else, any other identifier that I could have clung to, like that's what I would have used. So it, Liam Neeson, like, like I said, is obviously not a racist, but but being that it did happen to fall on the black community, we, I think we do have to, we can't ignore that history. We can't ignore what, uh, African Americans went through um, in this country, and we do have to give them, like, we at least have to acknowledge that, and we do have to acknowledge the validity of their response to this situation, right? Like, we wouldn't, like, if we were to just say, "Hey, get over it." It was a long time ago. That's that's being horribly insensitive, right? And so. In light of, I mean, if you're not if you're not black, if you're not African American, you probably will never grasp fully the their perspective and the amount of like the 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 reaction that comes from hearing a story like Liam Neeson's story. But I think the good the right thing to do as non black people is to try to understand it as much as possible. And try to 
like put ourselves in that in their shoes to um yeah until we can get to a place where we can say yeah that reaction isn't completely unreasonable the 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 outcry and the and, and the backlash there is a a level of validity to it yeah and so having addressed these two groups as a listener of this podcast i imagine you're thinking so what's the right way to approach this situation right like you're probably asking yourself is david you know advocating for a celebration of redemption and reformation or is he advocating for uh an embrace of embracement embracal of uh historical context like it probably you're probably thinking to yourself man david probably doesn't even know what he's talking about why is he speaking out of both sides of his mouth and the reason why i wanted to talk about both of these points is because i want people to think from the opposite perspective that they have and a friend of mine who listens to this podcast, shout outs to Chun Sung, if you're listening. <laughs> um, he pointed out that, yeah, that's, that's actually what he really liked about my, um, I hope Trump haters hear this episode. Because I'm advocating for people to think from different perspective. And that's really all I'm doing here. Um, I personally, when I first heard about the the, the Liam Neeson backlash my first reaction was to say hey man like that was so long ago like leave him alone let him like give him a chance to like give give the guy room to grow you know like don't hold him accountable accountable for something he did so long ago and has since renounced right but um i sat there trying to think about the the kind of the opposing perspective and if I were a African American person with that kind of history with this country, like I would have a similar response that the black the black community had. So um, I am still an advocate for redemption and reformation, but like I can appreciate where the opposing side is coming from, and I don't dismiss their perspective anymore like I would have before. So. Yeah, that's what that's essentially what today's podcast is about. It's about whatever perspective you have, if you hold on to it for dear life and are not willing to let it go, then that just tells me that you have no room for growth. So if you want the uh, TLDR version of this podcast today, it's really just this. In any situation, if you have a strong opinion and a strong perspective, Take a moment, sit down, consider the fact that like, you might be wrong and try to think of different perspectives and try to think about why people who are like, saying opposing views, like why they're thinking that way. And you might come to the conclusion that you're still right and, and all that, but at the very least, you'll understand where the other people are coming from and the demonizing of their perspective and, and, and viewpoints will lessen. And we as humans 
we'll be able to, you know, be tolerant of each other. So yeah, that's that's uh, the podcast for today. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, if anything resonated with you, if you disagreed with anything, if um, if you have any comments, questions, or, or anything, please send me some feedback. At I've never done this before because um, I don't know why. I just assumed it's easier if you just read it in the episode description. But I will tell you guys verbally my email address. It is I H T H T podcast at gmail.com so it's i hope they hear this podcast but i hope they hear this is uh abbreviated to its initials so once again it's i h t h t podcast at gmail.com and it'll be in the episode description as well um so yeah please feel free to email me any type of feedback positive negative neutral and if you have any suggestions for any future topics or if you want to come on as a guest on the podcast and, and talk to me, um, that I I very, very much uh, welcome that. And as a teaser, within the next two episodes, I believe, it might be the next one, it might be the one after that, I will have a guest on for the first time on this episode. So um, if you're tired of just hearing my voice, then that will be a welcomed a break for you um but so yeah keep an eye out for that and yeah thanks for listening and i'll talk to you guys next time bye